0: Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast. The show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Popplestone. Now, a few weeks ago, we had the Gold Coast Marathon here in Australia. And not only were there some unreal runs in the men's and women's races, I also had a couple of mates run up there that I was impressed with. I had a friend, Matty Powell who ran one hour and 28 minutes, his first sub 90-minute half marathon, and my friend Scotty Higgins, who ran the full marathon in three hours and eight minutes. And after the marathon, I messaged Scotty, and I said, hey, mate, good run. He goes, yeah, thank you, but my sister-in-law ran two hours and 39 minutes. I said, mate, forget our conversation. Can you put me in touch with your sister-in-law? Because I've got to get her on the Relaxed Running Podcast. It was an unbelievable run by Ella Higgins, and she joins us today to discuss not only this race, but where she's been where she came from how was it she ran a 15 minute pb and why uh she wasn't surprised but the rest of australia was it was a really interesting conversation a really encouraging conversation i feel for a lot of up and coming athletes who you know might be starting to run some faster times but haven't quite hit what they believe they're capable of i think this conversation just goes to show what hard work consistency patience perseverance all the cliche words that mean so much in the world of running. So really, really good conversation. Before we jump into it, I just wanted to remind you that if you haven't signed up for the Fools Creek Run Camp yet, do so. Uh, We've got a few tickets left, December the 14th to the 18th. Link to the Fools Creek Run Experience is listed in the show notes below or attached to this episode. So if you are interested and you haven't locked it in yet, make sure you do so. Or reach out to let me know that you're keen and you want a ticket saved. But for now, let's jump into the conversation with 239 Australian marathon runner, Allah Higgins. I'd heard about you through, I was going to say a mutual friend, but I guess he's more family, Scotty, uh, a friend of mine. So I met Scotty in in London back in like 2017. And um, I think he just started some big fitness campaign, but I don't reckon he was in marathon running form. And he told me over the last couple of years that he's been getting fitter and fitter. And then I saw up at the Gold Coast the other day, he posted a finished photo and he'd run like three hours eight. And I was like, dude, that's a great run. And he's like, yeah, yeah, my sister-in-law ran 239. I was like, mate, like, what, what's it? No one's running 239 and I haven't heard about him yet. What happened there? And you just told me it was like a 15-minute PB. So give me a bit of an a overview of the last couple of years because it sounds like things have been going pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um so it's it's been a bit of it's been a bit of a process um as you'd imagine but yeah so only um a year ago I did the in I did Canberra um at the beginning of last year and it was a terrible race I was aiming for a lot faster um and I did 254 then I think so that was at the time my PB but I was I was hoping to be a lot quicker than that, and I just had a terrible day. And then um, I'd done Sydney before, and I did that also in a similar time. Um, That was pre-kids. So this is post-kids now, Um, and then I did Melbourne in October last year, was aiming for, you know, quite a big PB again and I went off course <laughs> at the end. So there's there's a loop um, at the very end of Melbourne and I got caught up in the half marathoners and just went straight instead of taking the loop and then I found myself in the stadium and looked at my watch and I was like, oh, my God, I'm only at 39Ks um what has happened I had no idea what had happened I just thought like maybe my watch is out like but then I looked at the time on my watch and it said 229 or something and I was like well I haven't just won (laughs) like I'm not the first female um so I was sort of on track for about a 240 for that day um but then obviously yeah like I, I was uh-huh. full of fire after that because I thought, okay, I was kind of expecting more of a 245 and then I had just an amazing day. And so it kind of got into my head that maybe I can do a sub 240. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, so I was just like, okay, want a fast, flat marathon, Gold Coast is it, you know, talking to my coach and a couple of the other people I train with. We all decided Gold Coast. And so I just wanted to be like, you know what? Just get the sub two forty. Two thirty nine fifty nine is fine. (laughs) Just um yeah. So then and then I got it. So stoked, absolutely stoked. That um
0: that Melbourne Marathon experience sounds like a nightmare. I've had that experience before where I've run off course, but it's only ever been in club runs. But I've seen I've seen like if there's one bit of criticism. Melbourne Marathon seems to get it's about splitting up that half marathon with the marathon runners and usually it's because people are just getting in each other's way but I know the exact extra loop that you're talking about so what happened there like did you end up finishing the race or did you figure out what had gone wrong
1: I I figured it out and I just thought there's no point in me running back and doing it it was just I just, yeah, I was just like, right, well, this isn't my day. I'm just, I'm finishing it and I'll, and I'll come back and I'll, I'll get it properly. Cause I mean, it would have taken me ages to go back and then do it. And it just, yeah, it didn't even occur to me actually. I just finished the race. I saw my coach. He's like, what happened? And it took me ages to actually realize what had happened. I didn't, I didn't realize. And then, yeah, then my other, um, my other friends came through and they're like, oh, you must have not missed the loop, which was totally my fault because I hadn't fully, you know, looked at the course properly, realised that the half marathoners are going to be there and I just got, you know, like at whatever, it would have been 34Ks in or something and I was just like in that zone. So I was just running, you know, trying to dodge the half marathoners and then... Uh, I just didn't. I missed it. Oh my gosh. are you running, it was devastating. Are
0: you running Melbourne this year? Um, no, no. No, I would have loved to have seen you come back and do it. I'm supposed to be running, but I've got to, uh, uh, I didn't realize I didn't realize it sold out four months early, so I hadn't oh, I hadn't even registered. No. I hadn't even thought about oh, registering. No. Uh, but yeah. I think I might uh, I'll, I'll still try and sneak one, but I'm gonna do Gold Coast next year as well. So, so no. how long have you been running for then? Because even though you said, Last year in Canberra, you were expecting to run a lot faster than what you did,
1: Like, yeah. no
0: one's really running 15-minute PB. That must be a, <laughs> a crazy – It's it's cool because I'd love to hear more about your story because 15-minute PB yeah. suggests, all right, well, you're not just running a 15-minute PB and, okay, it's just done and dusted, that's where you are. 15-minute PB suggests there's probably – still a little bit more in the tank or a lot more in the tank. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on like what you're thinking. Have you got your eyes on international teams now or where's your headspace at? In Because if you're running 239, like you had Jen run 228, but she's been in the game for forever now. So it's probably not that much of a surprise. Are you starting to like, how realistic is that 230 to you at the moment? Where are you at in terms of your headspace? Because from where I sit, a race like that seems to open up so many possibilities about where you might head in the uh, in the running world.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to go back to your first part of the question, where have I come from and everything, I was very much a trail runner, runner at the beginning. So I've been sort of running seriously with my coach for maybe 10 or 11 years. Um, well, like seriously as in with a coach, you know, with a program and all that. But I started off in the trail world and so I've done quite a lot of the, you know, like Six Foot and the UTAs and the um, a couple of other of those, like Tara and stuff. Um, so I did that and then basically I changed pathways during COVID and the bushfires, actually the bushfires started, it took me off the trails and onto the road and then in um, during COVID, I just got more excited about road running. So, like, still previous to that, I had done the Sydney. I had done Sydney in two fifty four, um, but that was sort of amongst training for trail stuff. So um, yeah, I could. I guess during COVID, I just started ticking off faster times, doing doing a few little just time trials, and seeing the seeing my splits getting faster and faster. So I sort of, it was then when I started to get a bit addicted to the times and, like, seeing where I could go. So it made sense to go down the marathon, get a good fast marathon um, time. And that was sort of with my coach. Like, he's guided me through, okay, I can see that this is what you're doing and I can see you can do a really good road marathon so let's give it a go and and yeah so I was in I was really enjoying doing all the road stuff so yeah so then I guess then I did that so then I did Canberra and um yeah that was a massive disappointing race because it was basically the same time as what I'd done when I was not really um focused on road um And I knew, like I knew that that wasn't my time. So then I just got addicted to this idea of seeing what I could do and I guess then it just, you know, my like I did City to Surf last year and started seeing those results. Um, So in some ways it wasn't that much of a surprise that I got the 15-minute PB because I could see it in all the other races and the half marathon and
0: um yeah, so... So what happened yeah, in but, Canberra last year? What What caused it to be I such a bad run for you? Just one of those days?
1: I think it was just one of those days. It was also on the back of... I'd actually been training for six foot and then six foot got cancelled um, because of all the flooding. And then all of a sudden I had to continue. Like, and that was only... I, th- I can't remember exactly, but I think it was only about two weeks out from the race or three or I, not not long before the race so I then had to kind of transfer that training over without really tapering and getting the benefit of the rest so I, I actually think um it was a probably a combination of just not my day but also just maybe too much of a training slog yeah. <laughs> going from the six foot training and then into road and um Yeah, I think I was just tired,
0: I think. So from the outset of that run, were you kind of running with heavy legs? Did you know pretty early in that race at Canberra that today's not the day? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, oddly enough, even though I had trained for six foot, I felt like the little hills were doing my head in, in Canberra. I was like, it's too hilly. (laughs) Uh, which is really weird because, yeah, I was I was six foot fit only eight weeks before or something. Um, but it was just with that pace, I just didn't, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, we've sort of, my coach and I, we've discussed it. We're, it's still a bit of a mystery why that race wasn't such a good day. But we just came to the conclusion it just wasn't my day. Move on. And, um, yeah. Gee. So then.
0: So going into this race up at Gold Coast, so it sounds like that's the beauty of doing some sessions and monitoring the times and seeing the progress. You probably had, a, as you said, like a pretty good idea that you could run really quickly. But people like me on the outside hadn't had any insight into that training or seen anything. So when I saw that final result, I was just mind blown. I was pumped. And then when I found out there was just like a couple of degrees of separation and Scotty messaged me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this just got more (laughs) exciting. Um, Yeah. like, give us a little bit of an overview of the training going into Gold Coast. What kind of miles are you running? And are you um, – I mean, oh, I, I guess I can boil down some of the other questions I've got for you after that. But in terms of structure and in terms mm. of distance, what do your weeks look like at the moment?
1: Um, or, I think maybe not at
0: the moment, sorry. Maybe yeah, in a lead-up, no, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, at the moment, it is very much jogging yeah. and eating and indulging. Yeah. Um but so before that I think it was, I I guess it's pretty typical just I have the one day off which is Mondays for me. Um Tuesdays and Thursdays I train with TRT, my running group. Um locally and we do yeah, like the tempos and the um speed work. Then Wednesdays are a longish run like a 24k over hills um and then the friday's a bit of an easier run saturday maybe like a longer tempo and then sunday long run um so i basically was 121 30k weeks um yeah and about a yeah, actually probably a 10-week kind of um, progression into the marathon. Um, but, yeah, be, I mean, before I'd started doing it, it was at just in the nick of time that I started training for Gold Coast because I had been struggling with a bit of an um, Achilles problem and knee problem for the first part of the year. So... Actually, I didn't know if I'd get to Gold Coast because, yeah, I just didn't know if, if my body would pull through. And then it kind of just about twelve weeks out, suddenly I was thinking, okay, actually, <laughs> I think I could do this. So, yeah, so it was yeah like I don't do. It's all relative, but I feel like one twenty, one thirty is not crazy k's, but. It felt – it was definitely the most I had done in preparation sure. for any event. So um, it felt it felt good, though,
0: yeah. to do that. And that Sunday yeah. long run, how, how far are you running on the Sundays? I know this is probably something that uh, alternated or increased as you got closer to yeah. race day, but, like, what was your sort of start point and what was your longest run pre-Gold Coast?
1: Um, I was doing – I think I'd started at about two hours 20, so more going off time. And then I was 35 um, So I did maybe like um, five or six weeks at 35K. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. Good.
0: That's a good chunk. And are you doing – because it's been interesting because I have come off a track – Background. My my focus when I was actually competing was on the track. So the marathon, it's like a new beast to me. So I've been really enjoying these conversations, especially because for my own selfish reasons, I'm starting to dip my toes in the water of marathon running. Uh, but it's it's such an art form. I mean, I, I understand um, training structures, but for me on a personal level, just trying to understand how I can get my body from you know the background that I've had to run a decent marathon has been an interesting little project. And the the Sunday long runs has been one that's fascinated me because until probably eighteen months ago, I would have had no idea that there was such a focus on for some athletes including not a mini session, but some form of a session within that Sunday long run. So is that something that you you were doing? Were you doing any race pace style work or faster within that long run? Or your two sessions during the week was where you went for your, your pace and your more intense style work?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we yeah, I kept the Sunday long runs pretty easy um like i think at a couple of them i would do maybe 20 to 30 minutes but not at race pace even just like picking it up um maybe yeah to like 4 minute pace or whatever just for a little chunk so yeah like and that was like, my coach is the mastermind behind all of this. I don't really <laughs> think for myself, um, but he wanted to keep the long runs um, just pretty easy running and stick with those Tuesday, Thursdays, and then the Saturday, just incorporating more of a longer style tempo. Sure. There's something to be said for that, actually.
0: So, oh, okay. So, essentially, you're still having three relatively solid hit acts within the week. Because that's one thing I've been trying to navigate my way through is I used to always do the three sessions as well, the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, similar style sessions it sounds like to what you're doing. It's a very popular um, for, for international listeners. It's like a very popular structure to the uh, Australian Training Week. Um, but the the one thing that I, I started to notice, and especially me who's just gradually increasing the Ks again after a few years out of the sport. I've just got to be careful that I don't just get too obsessed and jump straight back into like a really intense training week. So I I was kind of thinking that I might include a little bit of that faster pace work on the Sunday run and then use that as almost like my session for the week. But ideally, I like the structure that you have because it's nice to be able to, and I assume in your tempos or maybe that Tuesday session, you're doing some work, which is much, well, if not race pace, probably, probably quicker than your marathon race pace
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah Yeah. mainly the Tuesday Thursdays I'd be doing I mean not not crazy like I think a lot of it was actually just getting comfortable with running at marathon pace that was the intention I often did probably go a bit faster (laughs) because you are doing it in smaller you know increments so you do feel like you know what does marathon pace feel like well when you're at the beginning of your workout, marathon pace, you know, is faster because you're fresh. Yes. <laughs> Whereas does it feel, you know, when you're 30Ks into a marathon, what does marathon feel like? But yes. um, so I probably ran a little bit faster in some of those sessions. But actually the intent was more of getting comfortable with running at our, you know, designated marathon pace.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's not—it's hard to replicate, isn't it, that feeling of being 30Ks into a marathon. Pat Tiernan was on here a while ago, and one thing he said, which I found really interesting, was aerobically in his first marathon, he debuted, I think it was Chicago off the top of my head, and he ran like a two-hour 11 first marathon, which I thought was <laughs> its just crazy. Yeah, your That's laugh suggests you probably fine. agree. <laughs> uh, oh <my> <laughs> and one thing he said to me was, he just felt like his legs needed to be weathered a little bit more during training. He'd done a lot of his training on softer surfaces and he had a couple of ideas around how he was going to replicate what he was trying to uh, like replicate that race feeling. And one thing for him was maybe in the Sunday long run, just making the last 10 K's of that run be a pretty much just on, on asphalt or concrete or something just to beat his legs up a little bit. I thought that was an interesting point. Um, with your Sunday long runs, are you usually running – I know you said that uh, you're not going out and um, replicating or, or simulating race pace specifically, um, but you're keeping those runs more easy. Are those easier runs – like what kind of pace are you getting through those those runs at, the Sunday long runs?
1: Um, look, probably averaging 4.30, 4.40s, um, so and you know like it takes me ages to warm up so like the first couple of k's might be super like 530 pace and then just building into it and then i might get down to the 420s by the end but yeah nothing crazy just just flowing um more about getting that the k's in the legs and um and and just sort of ticking the box rather than trying to break any records Mm. um so and I think because also just you know that was getting up to the 130k weeks is more than I'd done before so you've got to just be smart about um where you're putting your efforts and and thinking about what you're trying to get from that day of training
0: yeah that's well said that's a good point
1: yeah. And are you yeah. doing
0: much strength work outside of the running work? Are you like is there any forms of cross training that you're doing to uh you know help your body stay in shape or is it mostly mostly the running?
1: It's mostly running which is not great. <laughs> like I I have all these ambitions to do more strength. I had to do a bit more strength at the beginning of the year because I was injured and you know like it's just this thing where like, I think a lot of people can recognise that it's hard to, when you don't feel like you have to do the strength, yeah. it's easy to just go, okay, I've run 30Ks today, that'll do. Um. So, but when I was injured, it just felt like, okay, this is the only way I'm going to get to run is if I can get this injury under control. Um. But to be honest, I was doing like 20 minutes a week of strength Um. Which I yeah I don't want to recommend that to anyone. That's just (laughs) all I could get the energy to do, and just having my you know because it's hard to find time with you've got like I've got kids and hard to to find that time anyway. Um, But it worked for me by the end. I think Um, I yeah I'd be interested to know how like for the future marathons. Like just if I can get myself into even just two sessions a week, um, I've heard other runners doing, you know, other cross training, which I'd also be interested to trial. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: one thing, um, one thing that stood out to me when when I spoke to Jen Gregson was she was saying that uh, her this isn't strength training specifically, but she I think she'd had quite a lot of trouble with Achilles injuries as well, especially a couple of years ago. And she was saying that she'd substituted some of her morning runs with like an elliptical session. And what she loved about that was it just allowed her to take some of the pressure off her joints and off her Achilles, but still get that really good cardio workout. So, I mean, I'm definitely not uh, running anywhere near the level that she's at, but I, I like that idea going into, the Melbourne Marathon, just to include maybe a bike session or a, a elliptical session, for the pure reason that you're still getting that workout, but it's not so not so damaging.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I've heard of that too. I'd be, I'd definitely be interested in incorporating that for sure.
0: How's your knee and your Achilles going?
1: Um, it's it actually good um although in saying that I went back on just for some easy trail runs since Gold Coast and it's like hi I actually am still here my you didn't actually sort me out properly um yeah because I was kind of avoiding like doing too many hills because it was getting ag- aggravated um so I think that's where the, the strength work will Will come back because, yeah, I think that really does help um, in preventing those sort of injuries. So, um, but my Achilles really just pulled through and it sort of came through really quickly. It was like one week, I could feel it and it was really bothering me. And then, like, it almost just made a switch and suddenly it was okay. So,
0: yeah, was that in conjunction with like a a change from trail to road or what? I mean, that's a beautiful. Uh, a beautiful timed little transition into being painful <laughs> not painful but uh it's interesting to try and put your finger on what what caused that
1: yeah i i honestly couldn't tell you i was getting um help from a physio and um had some needling done um yeah getting and so maybe it all just came together um it was yeah because i'd been off the trail um, I'd done some cross-country earlier this year and that was sort of not great for it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, again, one of those things that just I, I don't fully understand why it just came through for me. But I was trying to do all the things that I was recommended and um, I guess I guess the experts knew what they were doing. Yeah, they got
0: it right. <laughs> they got it right. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you were doing to, to help it recover?
1: Um, yeah, so the the strength work, um, sticking more flat running, yeah. um, pulling back the K's a bit, um, yeah, like the calf raises and stuff. Although at one point I was, I'm one of those people that if I get told to do something, I will do it, and um, and they. And, and I think my physio didn't kind of <laughs> realise that I would take it a bit too far, but she was like, okay, um, do some calf raises and, you know, try and do it multiple times a day. Anyway, I was doing it like just out of control too much. And um, then I think that was when I realised I thought, oh, this is actually just not helping. And then I pulled the the calf raises back <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I think it's all right now. Just got
0: excited, like a true distance runner. Thought, okay, if one's yeah. good, we'll do twenty. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I've got the similar so... approach. Uh, have you got any? <laughs> um, have you got any uh, marathons on on the horizon at the moment? In terms of like, what are you what are you eyeing off? And in terms of what you think you're capable of running right now, where where do you think you're at?
1: Um. So I. I've thought about, I haven't done an overseas, I haven't done any of the big overseas ones. I'd love to do like a Boston or a London or, you know, one of the big ones where there's like that atmosphere. I've only done like Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. Um, So it would just be awesome to do that. Um, But actually my coach and I were talking this morning and some of my other um, people I train with and um, one of the races that popped up was the Ballarat Marathon next year, the new one. So, um, yeah, that excited me. I think I think that could be good and also just with the idea of like, you know, the overseas ones can be amazing but you're putting a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot in travelling and getting the money and taking the family or not taking the family and um, I don't necessarily want to be going for pbs and putting that emphasis on it um when there's so many variables when you're traveling um so yeah ballarat kind of excited me
0: yeah so what is it about ballarat i spent a few years living in ballarat and i got a soft spot for it my uh father-in-law still lives up in ballarat we, we go there a couple of times a year at least uh i found out from one of the athletes that i copes that they're going to be holding a ballarat marathon and i i'm is it april April. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Essentially, I think what I'm going to say is, can you sell it to me? Because I want to be the biggest ambassador and I want to share the excitement, but I don't know. I don't know why I'm just not, I think it could be the cold weather. How are we looking in April? It's starting to warm up a little bit. I always like a little bit of sunshine. See, I think the best way for me to state where I'm at is gold coast. Hey, bring it on sunshine beach, uh, whatever. Like that's a good little place ballarat at cold potential rain very chilly um i'm not thinking a super fast course but sell it to me what did you like about it what do you like about it so far
1: oh wow i feel like you're talking me out of it now (laughs) no i don't want to
0: do that i want you to talk me into it
1: okay well i to be to be perfectly honest this was like um and not, not a very long conversation that I'd had when I got sold to it. I like the idea of doing it with other people that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, well, actually I got sold that it would be a fast marathon. Um, I also like the idea of, um, the fact that, you know, it's a sort of a newer marathon and just trying something a bit different. Um, and yeah, it was, um, was it something to do with Com Games course? Oh yes, the Com Games course. Okay. So I don't
0: Okay. So Am I
1: saying that? Am I I, could I think you're right. Wrong.
0: I'm just confused. <laughs> I I yeah. saw uh this is breaking news actually just before I came on here today. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Melbourne's hosting the games anymore.
1: Yeah. So yeah. is that so right? Is, yeah, I think you're right.
0: <laughs> so I, I don't know though. Like I literally just heard this before yeah, I know. probably five minutes before yeah the we even started so I I don't know whether that's true or or what but is that what it was set out to be like it's set out to be the yeah the game's course
1: yeah so that's that's pretty cool it'd be cool to that would
0: be amazing
1: so have I sold it
0: well you've sold it yeah I didn't so I think I think at the moment so my my goal as well actually so I've taken a leaf out of your book I've got my eyes set on on trying to break 240 for the marathon to get back into it and awesome. um, just, yeah. just find some rhythm I mean I'm a long way off that at the moment I've got plenty of training to do so I like the idea of a fast course I don't know why I yeah. imagine Ballarat just to be slow I think I picked just and any any local uh, Ballarat or people are familiar with Ballarat will know Sturt Street is a bit of a hill. Uh, so I just picture big dirty loops up and down that hill, which for no reason, I don't know why I imagine that. Like my brain's just created something to try and stop me going back to Ballarat for whatever reason. But I like the idea that you've sold it as a, or you've heard at the very least that it's a fast course. Um, that makes it a little more appealing. So if I can get a pair of gloves and some long socks, I'm looking far more, <laughs> far more positively on the, uh, on the Ballarat course. Okay. So April is that your is that the next one on the horizon, really? Are you looking at anything because what are we so. now? July? Oh, we've still got a little while
1: yeah, got a little while. I'm not a serial marathoner. I don't like doing a million mm-hmm. races, so I like kind of picking one major race for the year and then um slotting in other like I like the idea of doing some fun stuff for the rest of this yeah. year and then building into potentially Ballarat. Um, yeah, I just, I I like having those ebbs and flows and not just constantly racing. Um, and yeah, I guess that makes me a bit of a dark horse sometimes that I come out and yeah, like you said, um, I do all this training and then suddenly I can come out and people are like, who is this person? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> Which I like, I like that. That's really
0: cool. So when you say just having a bit of fun, you're, you're looking at more, maybe some half marathons, some ten ks, or some trail yep. runs.
1: Yep, yep, all of the above. I haven't, I haven't locked anything in yet. Um, I'm still sort of like in that post race. I'll just focus on work for a bit, and then I'll come back into um, working out where I want to go Um, there's just so many different areas that I could focus on in the running so I um, but yeah like you said I mean it excited me that I got that sub 240 maybe I can go faster Um, I think I can so it would be cool to while I'm at this I've got this momentum with the road running just sort of going with it um, and then potentially, you know, in a few years' time, going back to the trail, um, or even yeah, like longer distances again. I was doing that, so yeah, I I, I think watch this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what shoes
0: are you racing in?
1: Um, I raced in the Meta Speeds, the, the Asics. Asics. Um, I did that for Melbourne as well. Um, really like them. They were really good. Yeah, wow. I,
0: I like, I think I want to get on board the MetaSpeeds yeah. as well. I love the Vaporfly, yeah. but it just it kind yeah. of annoys me how woke Nike's gone. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting my 700 bucks for this one pair of shoes.
1: Oh, and I haven't so... seen
0: any any too crazy advertising from um, ASIC. So I'm like, all right, I'll jump on board with them. And they look cool. Uh, have you got the blues or they they got like a new? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they look cool. Yeah, yeah, I think really I saw cool. Jess, yeah. Jess Stenson rocking them in one of her yeah. marathons. I think that was my first introduction. Yeah. I thought they looked pretty good.
1: They do look pretty cool. <laughs> so how, how
0: much are you training in those as well? Are you doing many of your sessions in the actual meta speeds or have you got like a slightly heavier trainer that you're, you're doing your sort of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays in?
1: Yeah, both. I, yeah, so I had like an older pair of the meta speeds that, that I did my Melbourne one in. Um, and so I was doing maybe one session a week. My Tuesday sessions often were in those. Um, then obviously I got a new pair for the race and then I only ran a couple of times in them before the race. But it felt the same, like it was a very familiar shoe, even though it was, I think, the newer version. Yep. Um, But, yeah, then I've just got, um, yeah, I've got some other heavier shoes. Like I like to mix them around a bit. Um. Like it's funny, five years ago, I literally had like one pair of shoes and I just wore them for everything and I had no idea. And now I'm like, I've got my Monday shoe, my Tuesday
0: shoe.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm a different person, it's, but I love it. It's good.
0: That's so good. <laughs> have, you, have you got a sponsor yet?
1: I don't have a sponsor. Yeah. Um, I Like I'm not great with social media. I mean, I've got it. I've got like, I, I use social media for my work stuff as well, but um, I'm not like, I don't love it. So yeah. I feel like if I had a sponsor, then I would have to be better at that.
0: Yeah, sure. It is a funny, it's a funny world where you start dancing. I always say to Jesse, I'm like, if it wasn't for, cause I do stand up comedy and I've got the relaxed running stuff. And if it wasn't for both of these things, I'd be as far away from social media is like and I mean people are probably laughing because my social media even for relaxed running I had a go at getting someone to do it for me for a while but it just felt so impersonal I'm like oh yuck and I think she lived in Albania <laughs> and it was just like it was a it was a language issue it was a uh, what I thought I was asking for just wasn't what was was happening so yeah I I totally relate to the uh the social media issues yeah if it wasn't for that I would I'd get away from it but then I don't know, even even like if you start making some decent teams, you wouldn't even necessarily need that, would you? You just need to be seen running fast in some good shoes. And I mean, the fact that you running in Meta Speed makes me even more excited because it's so easy just to buy into the Kipchoge factor. Hey, like you look at the fact he's run at one hour 59 in Vaporfly, so you're like, oh, I must need those. But then you see so many guns running in Asics and Sorconi or whatever other like saw so much cooler now than back what they were in like 1997 when I went to school <laughs> so it's um I mean there you, you don't have to worry about your ego getting bruised being seen in those so much um one thing I wanted to ask you about I heard you mention. so you've got how many kids have you got there
1: um I've got two they're twins
0: okay so you're how old are they
1: <laughs> they're four and a half okay
0: a okay close,
1: close to five yeah are
0: boys girls one of each oh yeah sweet all right it's interesting because I've got two boys here and I feel like, I don't know what yours are like. Twins, I just assume that personalities are going to be similar, but my boys are, no, they're not.
1: No, they're different. Wow. Really different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. They're just like opposites, but they get along really, really well. So it's kind of perfect that they're, they're happy to play together, but then they've also got really different interests.
0: Yeah. What a dream. Yeah. Four and a half sounds good to me. I've got a three-year-old and a oh, nine-month-old so and, oh, my gosh, <gasps> yes. I've got two boys. Oh, I don't know if your, your yeah. girls the crazy one or your boys, but my my older boy, mate, he's a, he's a legend. Okay. Love him so much, but he's an absolute nutcase.
1: <laughs> yeah. But three is hard. Oh. I feel like you're, but you're on the brink of it being easier. I feel like three and a half to four, they just start to. Um, well, I don't know. Every kid's so different. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm in a sweet spot now, and they're oh. just
0: four and a half. Sounds like too so much.
1: Eat- yeah, yeah, and they're little people. You can talk to them, and I mean, you talk to your three-year-old, but like, yeah. you know what I mean. But like, you don't get abused become... for talking to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Three. Yeah.
0: Someone asked me yesterday, "It's like, uh, how's how's Charlie going?" And literally yesterday morning, I would googled like temper tantrums in a three-year-old. Is it still normal? Because yeah. I was like, I'm not sure if there's actually <laughs> is there issues going on here, or is this just yeah. normal? Google comforted me a little bit. Based yeah. on the fact that it was like, no, no, he's, he's just, I think, just, I think it's the age, which was, yeah. anyway, the reason I say that is, is because it's interesting. You've got your, your two kids and are you working full-time, part-time? I guess what's today? Part-time. It's a Tuesday. So probably, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so I'm a musician, so it's kind of like oh. almost like every day, but it's still part-time. Like oh, it's yeah. around, it fits in pretty well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. What are you, what are you playing? Um, I play piano and cello.
0: Sweet. So, what kind of yeah. like when you say you is that I was going to say full time, but you're you're doing that part time. Your your music, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, is that at uh, gigs or is that at weddings or is that where do you where do you play your music?
1: Oh, uh, like it's it's mixed. Yeah. So, don't do as many weddings anymore. Um, But yeah, so corporates, touring artists, um, recordings. I. I started doing my own compositions um so yeah it's a mixed bag it's yeah so it's whatever people want me to do whether it's piano or cello or string quartet or just backing up another artist um yeah that's awesome
0: oh so that that, I guess in a way that complements running nicely for a large part like unless you're traveling to to do your music even then like there's still probably a chance you can find a race at wherever you're traveling but uh, yeah, uh that, that must be a nice little, uh, a nice little balance with your running training. Is it just to be a bit flexible around where you can, yeah. where you can do your practice, you know, both Absolutely. on and off the run track?
1: Yeah, no, I think it, it complements running in a lot of ways, actually. Like the lifestyle, um, it can, like it can and can't, sometimes you're performing until really late and then you're waking up early for a run, but, um, But outside of those situations, it really does fit the lifestyle really well. And then it's just there's a lot of overlaps I found with just the mentality and the consistency and, like, I can kind of use the same mentality and structure with both my things, Yeah, which which I find, yeah, it's good. It's good like that.
0: In the sense Um, of, like, okay, it's time to practice now. Let's go.
1: Yeah, and it's just this, just knowing that you're taking small steps regularly for this bigger picture thing. Yeah. Um, and just knowing it's about chipping away and enjoying the process and and just um, having that, yeah, like sort of going with the flow a bit and, you know, like for running it might be listening to your body and um, and with like being creative it's sort of, listening to what what's going to come out that day it's hard to explain but um I find that they they complement each other a lot I I think I get it because
0: uh I I don't know if I mentioned to you I recorded a podcast just before we started as well so I could be getting um information confused but but I I, did I tell you I do stand-up comedy yeah okay so it was you so I uh I I feel the same I've got such an appreciation for musicians for the same reason that I have appreciation for comedians is is like that flow factor is a, a real thing uh, in terms of improving. Like, even though it sounds strange, there's a lot of serious comedians out there where it's like, all right, you have to, you got to show up regularly. You got to figure out what went well, what went wrong, um, how you improve it. You sort of have to be, um, have your finger on the pulse just throughout the day as well. I don't know how relevant this is to music, but in terms of just, keeping your keeping your ear open for for potential funny stories or whatever it's it's just really interesting how um for such a, a like a a hobby or a, a career which you look at and you're like okay it's just making people laugh there's a lot of serious components that go into making sure you're doing that really well so I, I always look at running as it's kind of my my physical outlet and comedy is my creative outlet which is nice And I don't know if you feel like this, but a lot of the time my best thinking is when I'm actually out there running or I'll just be zoned out and like little things, I'll just feel them clicking into place or maybe not even consciously. I'll just get back. and I'm like, oh, I'm not as angry or stressed or frustrated or nervous or whatever feeling I'm feeling as what I was before the
1: run. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like when I'm running, I get super creative and I come up with all these ideas and then yeah, I can come back and... But then the music can also make my running better. So yeah. it's like, yeah, like it definitely, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But I I think definitely running, it's something about where your head's at or that, the endorphins or something that just, I get, my brain just goes crazy with ideas. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this and this <laughs> and so this song and this like it's.
0: You have to start running with your cello. Yeah, I know, if only. Oh, man, no, that's awesome. Hey, one more question before I let you go. I know you said you got your fingers crossed that your two kids don't cause chaos. They've done brilliantly for 43 minutes.
1: They've been very good. Yeah. I can hear them. I hope, you, um, but yeah. No,
0: I can. I've heard them 100%. a couple of times, but it's barely. It's, it's barely going to come up at all in the whole recording. Okay, <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about the the fueling for the marathon. Like, did you have yep. any particular plan in the lead up to your actual race in terms of carb loading and in terms of uh, gels or hydration for the actual race?
1: Yes. So, I mean, this is something I need to work on more. um, I practised with the gels I chose. I I wanted to do Morton gels because they're lightweight and I found that they were fine for me. Um, So, yeah, I was practising on my long runs, taking that in, probably wasn't taking them on enough. And then during the race I, I definitely didn't. I kind of, I think this is typical me, I kind of get to that pointy end when I should be taking on more. And because I'm just, I just want it to be finished, I stop doing those steps because I'm tired. Yeah. Um, it's like it's it's counterintuitive. I don't know why I do that, but um, yeah. So I basically, I like what I liked better in Melbourne that I was doing was I was doing the gel and the tailwind and kind of going backwards and forwards, and I think that helped me drink enough as well. Oh, yeah. um, Whereas I just didn't drink enough during Gold Coast, and actually I got a bit sick at the end, and ended up having to get fluids oh, in the tent. Oh no! Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I you know I can continually learning and and tweaking. Um, I don't think heaps about my carb loading in the lead up. I kind of just I. I yeah I just do what feels right try and keep safe foods don't don't want to risk getting food poisoning or something (laughs) like that's probably more my concern than (laughs) calories um so yeah it's it's something I I probably need to think more about especially now that I'm down to that time and I think probably that incremental like things matter the the more you're trying to get faster and if you're already at that time where you you know you don't know how much faster you can go I think these things can help um so yeah I think taking on more during the race would have been much better for me yeah um so yeah you live and you learn next time I'll, I'll I'll be able to hopefully keep it up just don't give up at the end you know take on more water take on that extra gel um, don't just try and get to the end of the race. Like that's when you need it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. It's good advice for me as well. I definitely relate to that. We're like, all right, let's just get it done. But
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I know you've got those, those little rascals running around, so I won't hold you up. I appreciate you coming on. I'm pumped to, uh, to, to keep, uh, keep my eyes on, on your name in the coming races. I'll probably bump into you because you are, you did a pretty good job of convincing me for Ballarat. So as long as that sun looks like it's going to be shining, I might see you there
1: yeah nice
0: hey thanks for coming on
1: thanks for listening to the relaxed running podcast if you're ready to become a faster more efficient runner visit www.relaxedrunning.com